You're listening to the Burke and Ms. The Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast, the place I go to get my fantasy fulfilled. The best analysis, advice, and opinions on fantasy football that you can't find anywhere else. Let the fantasy begin. Now on to our favorite position to rank is the running back position. And I say it's our favorite to rank just because they're always so vital in regards to when you're drafting. They're, they, you know, running backs always go high. You figure first round, second round, you know, top 15 to 16 running backs are going to be taken. So uh, it's a position of, of need, but uh, it's also a position of attrition because they're the most likely to get injured throughout the year. So although you are, are drafting running backs high, you're uh, also looking for a lot of backups because of the injury factor having to replace them from week to week. So anyway... Uh, me and Burke are going to go through our running back rankings on where we have everybody. And we talked about this during our uh, just first two rounds kind of mock of where we would take people. Number one overall, number one running back. He's like the Jay-Z of the running back game. Christian McCaffrey, uh, he's the number one guy. He's the number one draft pick, uh, and I don't really have to say much about him. Um, you know, he plays for Carolina. I know they have a new system with Matt Rule. I don't see them changing the fact that they're going to rely on him to be the number one guy. What also intrigues me this year, it intrigues me last year as well, was their defense was so bad that they were in a lot of games where they had to score. So they always were in a position to having to, to score. And with McCaffrey, you can take a five-yard gain into like a 20-yard gain or an 80-yard gain or a 100-yard gain, depending on, you know, what the distance is. He uh, He's the number one guy. And, and you throw in the receptions that he has on top of that. Um, he's using the passing game as much as he is the running game. If he can get 1,000 yards receiving and 1,000 yards rushing, uh, I don't see anyone that can be higher than him. Uh, to be honest. And and I, I get that when someone has a season like that, that they're going to have a regression. But I'm never going to bank on that regression. And even if that happens, that still puts them within the top three. And uh, that security for me is worth the top overall pick. So number two is Saquon Barkley for the Giants. I really like this offense. I like the weapons. And I feel like, you know, Barkley's using the passing game as well. He's a dynamic runner. He's really talented. I, I just feel like uh, with the Giants offense, how they're going to use him, that he can actually maybe be the number one running back this year. So I'm all about Saquon Barkley, and uh, he needs to be drafted number two overall. Number three, I have Ezekiel Elliott for the Cowboys. And I mean, I'm, these rankings aren't going to surprise anybody, but uh, Elliott I usually have at number two. I dropped him to number three this year just because I feel like the Cowboys' uh, passing game is a little more dynamic. They have C.D. Lamb. They have, you know, Gallup had a breakout year last year. You know, we Burke talked about Blake Jarwin and his tight end rankings. I just feel like they're going to mix it up a little bit more and not totally rely on Ezekiel Elliott as much. But having said that, he is a really reliable running back. He's consistently going to get you, you know, 80 yards and a touchdown. You can count on it. So that consistency you want with the number one draft pick. 
uh, for your fantasy football team. So Ezekiel comes in at number three. Yeah, my, my rankings are the exact same. Christian McCaffrey, um, Barkley, number two, Elliott, number three. Um, I'll just uh, touch on, you know, McCaffrey's well that, you know, if there is regression, he still has so much room to, to what he uh, put up last year as far as fantasy points. You know, but one thing that's important to remember, he did what he did last year with some relatively poor quarterback play. And uh, I think that it's going to be approved with Teddy Bridgewater. Um, we went through some of our – um, discussions on Teddy Bridgewater and the weapons he has on the outside now. Um, so you know, it, it could be a, a very special year for Christian McCaffrey. I anticipate that it will be. Um, and um, if he can have that production with the type of quarterback play he had, I think that uh, you know he's, he's really ready for you know that number one pick. And I, I don't think there's any argument there. Agreed. Um, no, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on Barkley I, I, again. Other than I agree with you that you know Garrett, you know coming over. Obviously, uh, heavy run focus that they had in Dallas, not bringing that over um, you know, to the Giants. He struggled. Barkley struggled with injuries last year, uh, but you know, someone that is going to put up a lot of fantasy points. It's, um, it's someone that's involved in passing and run game. It's basically like switching Elliott and Barkley because I had right. Elliott ahead of Barkley, but now Garrett's with the Giants, and it's like, oh, flip that back around. Well, yeah, and then, you know, again with you know Elliott, you know, at the number three, I mean, he, he's these three people are easily, you know, top one or top running backs, number one running backs in, in the draft, depending on the year. Um, you know, with Prescott and some of the weapons that they have now, the receiver, again, just pushes Elliott down a little bit. But, uh, you know, you're safe if you're picking in one of these three, um, be it McCaffrey, Barkley, or Elliott, and I think that's the order that you have. Um, my number four, now we're transitioning to the next group, is where I have Alvin Kamara. Um, you know, Alvin Kamara, um, you know, we – had did not meet quite expectations last year, but I think that um, you know we've learned more about having you know soft tissue injuries and, and injuries that hampered him throughout that season. Um, you know, someone that is involved in the passing game, um, obviously as a running back, just a dynamic player, and I still think that he has a, a heavy focus in the um, Saints offense in this upcoming year. You know, Latavius Murray is, is still going to be someone who might come in and, and, and vulture a couple. You know, rushing touchdowns, Taysom Hill brings that threat as well. But a healthy Alvin Kamara is someone that you can put into play um, every single week at uh, in your fantasy lineup. And then um, I have uh, Dalvin Cook at number five. Um, I'm really high on, on Dalvin Cook this year. You know, he's someone who struggled with injuries as well, but obviously stayed healthy last year and had a very productive year. Um, I think Kubiak in that you know, running that offense, I think you'll see a high production from Dalvin Cook as well. Um, this year, I uh, wouldn't be surprised to see a little bit of regression from him um, mm-hmm. this season. Um, just that offense is a little bit of a transition, you know, and, uh, having stuff on digs. And um, I, I, I could just see a little bit of regression there, but still somewhat very safe at the number five overall. And then Derrick Henry. Uh, Derrick Henry, I have number six. You know, it seems like the, as the year goes on, which is amazing for running backs, that Derrick Henry gets better. Um, you know, as, as the season goes on, it gets later in the year and gets closer to your fantasy football playoffs uh, during that time. That's when he's putting up the most yards and the most points. You know, most running backs kind of wear, wear down over the year where he seems to get better the longer the season goes, um, which is great timing when you're in your Super Bowl and your playoffs that you want something you can put in. And he's going to get 100 plus yards and two touchdowns, and, and that's uh, Derrick Henry. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you, you're a better man than me because I'm. I like your Alvin Kamara ranking, but 
have you know you having drafted him second overall last year and his disappointment i figured there'd be a little bit of saltiness that you would have him ranked lower and you were right back up on the horse with the alvin kamara and so i that's uh i appreciate the uh the commitment that you uh you have towards him and anyways it could be stubbornness yeah But I, I do like Alvin Kamara. But at number four, I have uh, Dalvin Cook for the Vikings. I just really, I had him last year, and I'm not going to lie. He was consistent. He, he got you the rushing yards. He actually was more of a threat in the, the receiving game than I thought he was going to be when I drafted him. And I am a big fan, and I agree the weapons on, in the passing game have been diminished with Stephon Diggs being traded to the Bills. But... Uh, the Vikings are a running offense, and it's not going to change. So, I mean, you might see more guys in the box, but I don't see how you have more than what you saw last year. And I, barring injury, I really think that he, be, you know, he's in that top five running back position. And so, if you really need to draft him as such, number five, I have Derrick Henry. And the big misconception, you know, I was talking with Burke about this earlier today. The big misconception with Derrick Henry is he doesn't he's a non-factor in the receiving game and if you look at his stats he actually averaged, you know, 3 to 5 targets receiving uh once they diminished Deion Lewis's workload and you know for Derrick Henry that's awesome. I mean, he took a couple like 60-yard screens to the house. So, you know, he's more involved in the passing game than what people are talking about right now. And so I have him at number five and granted the, the Titans are a running offense. They predicate their whole offense based off of the run. So they'll do a lot of play action, but you know, just that volume and the fact that, you know, they will use them a little bit in the passing game. I, I, I couldn't look past that. And so I, I put him at number five and then at number six, there's someone who absolutely will not be part of the passing game in Nick Chubb, I just feel like with Stefanski's offense coming from Minnesota, they're going to have more of what we've seen with Dalvin Cook, and they're going to be running the ball all the time. And Nick Chubb is their running back that's going to be running the ball. And I, I get all the Kareem Hunt hype. I feel like there's room for both of them, uh, kind of like an Ingram Kamara situation. But uh, it wouldn't surprise me to see Nick Chubb at one of the top three running backs with the volume that he's going to get. Again, I think the Browns are going to protect Baker Mayfield with, you know, doing, you know, predicating their game plan on the run and doing play action. And uh, Nick Chubb is going to have a huge season this year, barring injury, of course. Um, and I put my kind of my stamp of approval on, on Nick Chubb. I'm really high on him this year. And I think he's kind of the back to get in those middle rounds. Yeah, I, I, um, I'm really high in Nick Chubb this year as well. Um, I have him in my next group of three. Um, so number seven here, I have Mike Edwards-Hilaire. And I think that you know this is someone that we talked about when we did our first um, you know two-round mock some time ago. He was and, towards uh, the end of the second, but, I mean, with the situation with Damian Williams now, it's he automatically moves all the way up. Right. Yeah, I think that's what changed. You know, I, in the top 24 rankings overall, I – I recall having him at 24 when we did this um, some time ago. But now, um, as you said, with Damian Williams out um, and, and some of the changes as a result of that, I, I think he bumps all the way up. And this is someone that we talked earlier that wasn't a rookie class that you could look at the running back and say this is an ideal fit for this person that's going to make them a top pick. 
well, that obviously changed here. And, um, you know, a perfect fit for this offense, um, you know, Andy Reid, you know, his production at running backs, you know, Brian Westbrook was one of my favorite fantasy backs to, to have on my team and then one of the favorite players to watch in football and, you know, has a similar talent here and someone that could be a very productive fantasy player. So I have at number seven, I have uh, Clyde edwards Um Number eight is where I have Nick Chubb. I'm with you. I, I'm not too worried about Kareem Hunt. I think uh, Nick Chubb is still the back to own in Cleveland and with the, the system that they'll run, I think it's going to be heavily run focused. And I think Nick Chubb is going to be a, a solid fantasy running back this year, someone you're going to want to have in your team. And uh, I, number eight there. Um, and get to number nine here, and this is one that you know we've talked before. I, I, I have Miles Sanders at number nine. I'm still – I know there's a lot of discussion about Miles Sanders. Is it going to be a running back by committee? Is he going to be the lead back? Um, you know, what, what's that going to look like? How's Peterson going to approach that situation? Um, you know, the last – portion of the year when Miles Sanders finally got the opportunity to be the back was highly, highly productive. You know, one of the um, hottest backs in fantasy football. And I, I do think that he is going to get the lion's share of the, uh, the uh, carries in this season. Yeah, is there, are we going to sprinkle in other backs? Absolutely. Um, but I think Miles Sanders is going to play the predominant role. And someone that this is um, active in the passing game as well. And, um, you know, when I get to number 10, I'll talk about another back that doesn't bring that same opportunity in the passing game and, and which led to their lower ranking. But um, I think Miles Sanders still um, has the potential to have a very big year. Um, so I have number nine overall. Yep. And you know what? I'm, I'm really proud of you, Burke, just because you're on the Nick Chubb bandwagon as well. And, you know, a lot of the hype that I'm listening to is on Kareem Hunt and they're focused on Kareem Hunt. So, you know, you can get him late and he's going to be like a, you know, one or 1B to – Chubb's 1A, and so they're really blowing up Kareem Hunt, and I feel like they're diminishing the fact that Nick Chubb could be potentially the top rushing running back in the NFL this year. And yeah, Granny's not going to have the passing yards, but rushing yards are important too, and you're not really hearing a lot about what he can do this year, and and he could be a game changer for you and your fantasy football team. So, I... uh, I'm glad you're on the the same page as me. I will move on to number seven. I have Alvin Kamara. I wanted to rank him higher because I really like Alvin Kamara. I just feel like he's entertaining to watch. He's a running back that doesn't need a lot of volume to be uh, successful. And he did kind of have a disappointing season last year, but I don't think that continues. And I'm not worried about Latavius Murray. Maybe a little bit on the goal line, but... Uh, it's been proven that Kamara can score from anywhere on the field. So I have him at number seven, and it pains me because I really wanted him higher. I'm really high on Alvin Kamara. At number eight, I have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Your Brian Westbrook analogy was spot on and perfect because that's how I see him as well. He's going to be a guy that's going to be catching the ball. If you're in a PPR league, you need to rank him higher than even number eight. You need to put him above Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, and Dalvin Cook. Um, I'd put him in the top five for a PPR. But this is not, we're not ranking based off PPR. We're just bank, uh, ranking based off of uh, regular standard leagues. And I really like Clyde Edwards Hilarious in the perfect situation. Once Damian Williams opted out for COVID, um, it's really Clyde Edwards Hilarious spot and he's going to be he's going to be a beast 
And number nine, I have Kenyon Drake, which is going to be funny for Burke because he was really high on Kenyon Drake, more more high on him than I was, and now I have him ranked higher than Burke does. But uh, I'm believing the hype on the Cardinals. Um, there's not another running back. I mean, I like Edmonds. He's a good backup. But you, you saw his production towards the end of the season, and Kenyon Drake was just a beast. And I think he continues what he uh, ended with last year for the Cardinals. He's in the right spot. Miami didn't use, utilize him the way they should have. Kenyon Drake is a stud. Believe in him. And, uh, yeah, you need to draft him in the first round. Uh, unless you're in a dynasty or keeper league, try to slip him to the second round. But he's definitely a first-round pick for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to see that you're on the uh, board of Drake. Um, yeah, it is a, quite the jump from last time. Um, but I'm glad to see you're, you're on board. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm high on Drake this year as well. I'll get him into my next rate, uh, group of rankings. Um, By the way, with, with Drake, I, I like to quote another Drake who uh, I believe he said uh, uh, last name ever, first name greatest. That's going to be Kenyon. Anyway, go on. <laughs> All right, so I got my next group of three. So number 10, um, I talked about, you know, Miles Sanders being involved in the passing game and just one of the reasons why I think that, you know, he's a, a top nine back. Um, I have Josh Jacobs at 10. Um, this one is, uh, is um, I guess, uh, bittersweet, um, somewhat disappointing. I think Josh Jacobs is – a very, very talented back. Um, I still don't understand why Las Vegas Raiders do not want to include him in the passing game. Um, they seem to sign every running back, even Theo Riddick, um, you know, Booker, any back day they can get to catch a pass on third down. And um, Jacobs can be involved in that game. And, you know, I've even read some articles where he was hoping to get at least 60 targets, and I don't see how that's going to happen. Um, so I would love to have Josh Jacobs higher. But I just see him as a first and second down back, and I just don't think he's going to have the overall impact that the running backs will because of that passing game. Um, now, granted, um, you know he was the same back last year with one in uh, first and second down, uh, you know, plays and and, and role, but still was very productive and missed some time with an injury as well. So if you look at overall the season stats, pretty productive year as a rookie um, with missing time with that shoulder um, fracture and then also um, not involved in the passing game. So I will take him here um, just because I know it's someone I can count on for first and second down, and I think he's going to still have a productive year, but uh, a lot of disappointment to not see him in the passing game. Can, can I tell you what I think is the issue with Las Vegas Raiders and Josh Jacobs? I feel like Absolutely. I feel like Mike Mayock really likes Josh Jacobs, and I feel like Gruden likes Josh Jacobs, but he's not, like, married to Josh Jacobs. So he's like, I'll use him as a running back, but, like, I really like these receiving running backs that I'm going to bring aboard. And so, like, he really tries to micromanage the roles. And if he would just let Josh Jacobs go, he would be a stud and be, like, a top five running back. But he won't. So he's kind of holding in the reins on Josh Jacobs of what he could be. Gruden's trying to go back to capture the days of Ricky Waters, having a you know, running back that can catch the ball so well. Yeah. Um, you know, he's searching. Obviously, none of the backs, I don't, I'm, I'm, saying, I'm not saying they're Ricky Waters, but uh, he's in search of that great receiving back. No, for sure. Um, my next pick, uh, Austin Eckler here. Um, Austin Eckler, contrary to Jacobs, is someone who I think is going to be heavily involved in the passing game. 
Um, you know, so one would make the or the argument of why not have him higher. The only thing I'm concerned about with Eckler is just keeping up, you know, with the wear and tear of an entire season. I wouldn't say it's one thing. It's one of the, the major things, the wear and tear of the season. When Melvin Gordon was there, um, you know, obviously he was able to take some of those carries. And, and, and at times you saw certain uh, periods of time where Eckler's performance was down, production was down when Gordon wasn't present. You know, and, and maybe that, again, is just the overall wear and tear, but also, you know, heavily focused on, um, you know, stopping the run. Um, and, and that pertains more to what comes at the quarterback position this year. You know, Tyrod Taylor, you know, I just don't see him being the starter for the remainder of the year, given the fact he got a first-round draft quarterback. And, you know, defenses are heavily going to focus on making a rookie quarterback beat you. And until we see more from um, Herbert, I just I can't um, move Austin Eckler any higher than here. Um, but 12 is um, uh, Kenyon Drake. Yeah, there's, there's, there he is. Oh, yeah. The Drakester. By the way, can I throw in a little tidbit on Austin Eckler? You know, you play college yes. football at the altitude-wise highest field in NCAA history. That's a, that's a lot of, that's a lot of lung capacity. <laughs> Absolutely. That's why I rank so, him yeah. higher than maybe he should go because I'm like, anyone that has those lungs can run all day. Yeah, anyone that they can play that altitude. <laughs> now, and, 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 you know, Drake, you know, I just pretty much told you I got Drake at 12, but I think we've been over Drake quite a bit. Um, one of the hottest run, uh, fantasy running backs last year involved in the pass game. Um, you know, I, I see that offense as being highly – Highly productive, fast pace, and you know I think he's going to be a fun back to have this year. Yeah, he is. He has a lot of intrigue, and he's one of those guys that like you'll you'll be really excited to draft, and he could disappoint you, but he also could be like you know you can get giddy over him by the end of the year too by the way the Cardinals use him. Um, number ten, I have Miles Sanders. I really like Miles Sanders. You know, big fan. I, I like that he's versatile. He catches a lot of passes. He runs the ball. Um, the, I would have actually have him a lot higher if I wasn't so concerned with uh, Peterson and his, you know, constantly banging the table about how he likes committees. Um, even now, he, he, you know, he's talking about mixing it up. I don't think it's going to be true this year because you have the talent of Miles Sanders and what he did. You saw when he was the the horse in the backfield what he was able to do, and he just dominated. So. Um, you don't just sit that on the bench. And, and, you know, as much as Boston Scott is a decent running back, I'm not benching Miles Sanders to throw in Boston Scott. So he's my number 10. I I like where, you know, I like the season that he can have this year. I feel like he builds off of what he did last year. And he he could be a top five back this year. Um, That's how confident I am in his abilities. So I think the only thing holding him back is maybe Doug Peterson and, and not you know, playing him in the role that he, he can be. Number 11, I have Austin Eckler. Already talked about him. Love the guy. I like that he plays for the Chargers where, you know, even you're right with Gordon gone uh, or when he was injured, his production wasn't great all the time. He did have some big games, though. He was one of the top backs while uh, Gordon was holding out. And then when he came back um, and got hurt, his production dipped. But, I I feel like the uh, holding out Melvin Gordon production of Austin Eckler still stands, and I like him a lot. Um, you know he does it all. 
he 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 can get as many receiving yards as rushing yards. So, you know, he's having a rough uh, a rough day rushing the ball. Well, he just had you know 120 receiving yards and some touchdowns. So, the the capabilities is there. He's just so versatile, and uh, he, really, it's a it's criminal that he's at 11. I really wanted to put him higher, but here we are. He's at number 11, and then at number 12, I have Joe Mixon for the Bengals. You know, I am concerned about his injuries going uh, happening right now with practices, but um, the second half, the way the Bengals used him was stark contrast to the way they used him at the beginning of the season. It's almost like they realized, hey, Joe Mixon's our best player. Let's utilize him. And then they did. And, I mean, he produced no matter who the the defense was. I remember against the Patriots, I'm, you know, during a playoff game, I was worried about his production. And he was sick. And I'm like, there's no way he's going to do anything. And he got 75 yards, which is, you know, that's pretty good. Uh, his consistency in that second half of the season was, was solid. And so I feel like, you know, you're going to get him in the second round. And to get that kind of consistency consistency in the second round is worth drafting him. And um, he's a really good running back. He just happens to play for the Bengals, and they're not a good football team. So uh, Joe Mixon's my number 12. I have Joe Mixon number 13. Um, you know, Mixon, someone I would, I would like to have higher. Um, you know, we've talked about, like you said, that, on a very good football team and you know unfortunately it seemed it took a while before Cincinnati realized what kind of talent they had at the running back position didn't get involved until much later in the season or you I would say they they got involved but to the extent of involvement really changed over the year and you know someone that they finally were given some opportunities in the passing game and you, you'd hope that continue but just don't know what the usage is going to be and my one of my main concerns right now is you hear about minor injuries and being away from camp um, first, you know, minor injuries at camp and then minor injuries away from camp, um, you know, and then now we're hearing um, discussions about or, you know, comments about a minor injury and some contract negotiations. So you wonder where this could go. Is this someone who's going to be away from camp because they're looking at a contract? Is is there, you know, some more injury problems or is this well, Burke, one of those situations? There, yeah. there is an injury. He's injured in the wallet, and that's just as – devastating as your your leg so i i can understand it has a long-term lasting impact as well exactly um, yeah so you know you just wonder is he going to be someone that's not going to be available in the season for a while or you know and sometimes unfortunately you see players that you know they do hold out and they have their economic reasons why they're going to do it but they hold out and then they come back and then they quickly sustain an injury just not being in in football mode football shape so um just a little bit of concern around mixing but um, you know, if he gets the right is healthy and in camp and the right utilization, someone who's um, going to be a steal in the second round. Well, and I'll be honest, I, if I was Joe Mixon, I'd hold out just because I play for the Bengals. Um, <laughs> you know, having to deal with uh, being a Bengal for uh, as long as he has, that's grounds for holding out in my book. So, um. Wow. <laughs> you know, AJ Green's been there longer, but, you know, um, we got uh, – He know, basically held out last year, right? Well, I mean, he was injured, but was he injured? Was he holding out? No. Um, uh, we're, we're hoping for good things for Cincinnati. We're hoping for Joe Burrow and, um, you know, again, talented receivers, hoping good things to see uh, Zach Taylor get that offense humming. Do um, I will admit, though, I do like that offense. If they can get their offensive lining gear, like, that's a – I mean, it could be a surprising offense. I, I'm 
they're they're I'm on the fence about their offense. On one hand, I love their talent like at their skills position. On the other hand, it's like it's going to come down to the offensive line and if they can protect Joe Burrow. Um, number 13, uh, I have Josh Jacobs for the Raiders, and we kind of talked about him. I love Josh Jacobs as a talent. I think he's, you know, he should go higher. But the fact that the Las Vegas Raiders refuse to use him as a receiver kind of bugs me and makes me rank him lower than he should be. Um, you're really depending on his rushing yardage. And it's unfair because I feel like he has the capacity to be a decent receiving running back. But for whatever reason, I mean, obviously I'm not there at practices. Maybe John Gruden sees something in Jacobs that he doesn't want to use him in the passing game. But uh, he's at number 13 for me. And then at number 14, I have Aaron Jones for the Packers. And I like Aaron Jones. He's consistent. He's solid. The Packers are going to go to a run-oriented offense. Uh, and I don't say that because I've heard that they're doing that, but with that draft and drafting A.J. Dillon and tight ends and offensive linemen, like, that's, I mean, that tells me enough to know that that's what their focus is going to be. So I feel like Aaron Jones is going to be the back to get those carries, and I have him at 14. Does concern me, you know, AJ Dillon stealing some of his touchdowns. I don't feel like Aaron Jones can maintain the touchdowns that he had from last year. Um, that's asking a lot, but uh, I do feel like they're going to focus on the run game, and so maybe he'll get more yardage. So he's still around that 14 area. Like some people have him higher, I just don't see it. I, I can't rank. I can't rank him any lower, but I can't rank him any higher. So I feel like that's the perfect spot for him. Uh, and then at number 15, I have Melvin Gordon for the Broncos. And it's a little bit higher than a lot of people have him. But uh, with Pat Shermer, he's always had a top running back, top 12 running back in the NFL. Every single year, he's been an offensive coordinator. I like Phil Lindsay, but I don't feel like that's going to be him. I feel like he's going to uh, focus on Melvin Gordon to be that guy. He's going to get a lot of the goal line carries, which, you know, touchdowns are more points. And so, um, you know, him having a top 12 every year, Melvin Gordon at 15, I feel like that's a real value pick and you need to be focused on him at that spot. So Melvin Gordon is my number 15. Burke, what do you have? I talked about my 13 being Mixon. So, you know, 14, I have Aaron Jones. Um, same thing, you know, you know, had a, a great year, 16 rushing touchdown last year. I don't see that being repeated this year. Um, I got really nervous when I found that AJ Dillon, uh, that there's a own Twitter page dedicated to his quads, AJ Dillon's quads. So his quads are uh, huge. AJ, I know. And there's a whole Twitter page. Of this, <laughs> AJ so the fact that there, there is already a, a, a trend there to me is just the warning bells that. But think about this situation, like Aaron Jones rushes it on a goal line carry and he doesn't get in, and Packer fans are going to be like, man, A.J. Dillon's quads could have got through that line <laughs> and he could have scored. Like, it's going to be a constant argument with Packer fans. I know, I know. Um, you know, obviously his, the Twitter page will have nothing to do in the, the fantasy and in actual football, but yeah, you know, I think Aaron Jones is a really good back, and I and I would like to see him higher. But I do, uh, I, I do think he's going to be involved heavily in the run game. But I do have some concerns of, now that they have multiple backs and and seeing 
that some of those goal line opportunities that we saw last year that helped produce those 16 touchdowns, those going away. So I see just some fallback in the, in the touchdowns in the year. Um, and, and so that's why I have him, you know, down a little bit and have him at that 14. Um, I have Melvin Gordon at 15 as well. Um, you know, I, I don't see, you know, I see in Denver, I see a little bit of a, a share here. Now, I don't mean it's a 50-50 split, you know, 60-40, 70-30, maybe a 70-30 split between Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay. Um, but those goal line carries, we just talked about Dylan. I see that's where it's going to be with uh, Melvin Gordon. Um, yeah, I think he's going to get those um, short yardage um, carries. Um, some an area where Denver struggled a little bit and Lindsay struggled a little bit. And then the goal line, um, same thing there with Gordon. And, you know, Gordon, one of the reasons they brought him in, he's a very good pass catching receiver. And mm-hmm. we've talked about Denver's offense going to be one that's going to throw the ball around. So I think Gordon could have a big year. And um, that's where I have him at number 15. We have him in the same spot. Great minds think alike. I'll jump into number 16. So in my, in my mind here, you know, we start transitioning here right around this 15 mark. Um, you know, can, can I, can I do a comparison really quick? So, so like this is a spot in the running backs where, you know, you're in your solar system and when you're leaving the solar system, it gets kind of murky. It's like a river where you're like fighting through all the mass. And this is kind of at the running back position, what it is. It's like, you know, it's a lot of junk and things like, I'm not sure, but like, obviously you have to rank it somehow. So this would be my tier where I'm, you know, if you don't have one of these, at least a couple of these top uh, 16, 15 running backs, you're you're really just kind of drawing, like, lottery tickets. Yeah, you know, and I, I view this here as that we're transitioning out to people that you can put in a play and feel really confident each week. These are, you know, players that are going to get you some production, not what that upper tier is. And, um, you know, you're really hoping for those big weeks, um, you know, great matchups. I think here, you know, you want to have one of those other backs that we referenced earlier on your team, and then maybe one of these backs here is when you're going to two back, I'll say two back for your starting roster, you know, not not talking about your bench. But, you know, yeah, if you can end up with a cook and then you get one of those next group here, someone you can have your fantasy team with. But, you know, once you're in this mark here, you, the only way you're going to have two of these backs in your starting lineup outside of a bye week is um, that you go wide receiver heavy. In that, in that first couple rounds of the draft. Or you did the no running back strategy. Exactly. Um, so, getting into 16, I have Chris Carson. Um, I really like Chris Carson, um, but here, here, as we said, it gets, or you said, it gets a little murky. Um, my concern with Carson is his health. You know, he's battled a lot of injuries, um, had the hip injury that he sustained at the end of the year last year, and, um, you know, if, hopefully that's recovered and he's able to play. If, if he's recovered, I think he's going to have a, another strong year, just like he did last year. Um, you know, Penny, I, Penny, I'm sorry, will be probably out for some time, recover from his injury. Um, Carlos Hyde we brought in, but I don't see him taking carries away from a healthy Chris Carson. Um, so a lot of this, again, depends on the um, health of Chris Carson. And uh, assuming he's healthy, I think this is a spot that you can get a, a you know, quality-producing running back very late in the draft. Especially with a team that likes to run the ball. Oh, absolutely. Very heavily focused in on the run. It's you know, they got Russell Wilson, but they're gonna they're gonna um revolve that offense around the running game. Yep. Um next one here is a another injury concern, James Conner. Um I think that Connor, you know, he, he's had very productive years, but he's battled injuries. And, you know, last year, you know, injuries and then also 
without Roethlisberger, though, I think it's it's hard to entirely judge his season as you know indication of, of his inability to perform at the running back position. Um, you know, we talked a lot about rookie quarterbacks and what that means for the running back. You know, they, they didn't have Roethlisberger in there, and it wasn't the, always the prettiest thing at quarterback uh, for the Steelers. So I think a lot of some of his production can be tied to that. And so healthy, getting Roethlisberger back, some additional um, weapons have been added to that offense. I could see that Connor, um, you know, I don't think he's going to be quite what he was his Pro Bowl year, but I think that he could have a productive fantasy football year and somebody to be a quality contributor to your team. Um, you know, I, you know, going through this rankings here, it's pretty clear that these three picks that I have are all tied to injuries. You know, you have Carson, Connor, and then David Johnson. David Johnson, um, you know, was one of the best backs back back you had to have one of those top three, five backs in, in future years, and then had those injuries that just kind of derailed his season um, seasons. And um, you know, you hope for obviously a healthy David um, Johnson and that you know that in itself is going to bring some production but then the fact that he got traded you know part of that Hopkins trade to Houston there's no longer no longer hide there I think they're really going to try Brian's really going to try and and make this work and really try to prove a point that he's right and David Johnson's what they need and I I see them using him heavily in obviously the run game but also the passing game he's a quality pass receiver so if he can stay healthy I think it's someone who could be a later on steal in it I don't want to say later round. He's still going to be in this, you know, early mid rounds, but um, you know, an early mid round steal in your fantasy draft. Yeah, if you can get David Johnson like late third, early fourth, like that's a good spot for him. Is how I look Absolutely. at it. And so I'd agree with you. With and the potential to have a second round type production, just depending on health. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. Well, my sixteen is I have Todd Gurley for the Falcons and. A lot of people are sour on Todd Gurley, and I get it because he was disappointing after he signed that contract with the Rams. But I think my big issue with the Falcons is that offense. I'm really high on that offense. They do use the running back as a receiver. Um, you know, you saw what Dev- Devonta Freeman or Devonta Freeman could do when he was there. Um, but. More what drives me to rank Todd Gurley so high is once Freeman was hurt with Brian Hill there, um, Quadre Olison, um, there wasn't much there. So uh, Todd Gurley is one of those guys that's going to be getting pretty much the bell cow of the carries if he's healthy. And obviously it's a big if, and that's why he's ranked so low. If I knew he was going to stay healthy, I'd rate him higher because I, I just – you know, with that offense, he's going to be productive if he can stay on the field. And I'm not confident in the backups to be pushing him. So, you know, usually in a position with, you know, that uh, with a Todd Gurley who's injured all the time, you're probably going to be targeting the backup and what he can do. But, you know, I kind of paid that price with Brian Hill last time when Freeman was hurt, and I was expecting big things from him, and he produced nothing. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not even sure that he's a startable running back, uh, even if he is starting. So, um, having said that, basically it's a it's a pick of what else is there in that offense. You know, the 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 Falcons offense uses the running back a lot. There's not anyone else there. Todd Gurley's the guy. If he can stay healthy, you you got to ride with him. So, um, he's my number sixteen. Number uh, 17, I have uh, Raheem Mostert, 
or Mostert for the 49ers. I love the guy. If he was in a different situation, he would be so much higher. I just think he's so talented. I mean, he averaged five yards a carry for the Niners forever, which is, you know, in the NFL is just amazing. And my big issue with, you know, the reason why he's ranked lower than what I want him to be is Jarrett McKinnon is back. He's making waves in camp. Tevin Coleman is still there. You know, he's had games where Moster or Moster didn't do anything. Um, and, and Coleman kind of picked up the slack. So you don't know with Shanahan type offense, he did, you know, he, he learned from his dad, I think, because his dad with the Broncos kind of did the same thing with the uh, Olandis Gary, Mike Anderson type st- st- uh, type stuff. Um, you never knew who the back was going to be, and I feel like that's how it's going to be for the Niners. And, you know, they're going to – they draft receivers to be part of the running game too, like Debo Samuel, um, Brandon Ayuk or Ayuk. He's, he's the same type of receiver who can, you know, make waves in the running game. Uh, it's just a cluster uh, of guys that can produce in the running game. So uh, I have him rated as number 17. And then at number 18, I have Leonard Fournette. And people are really low on Leonard Fournette this year. They don't like him. He's probably on his way out of Jacksonville after the season. But that's the reason why I like him, to be honest. Um, Last year, he only had three touchdowns rushing, I believe, which is insane. And it's not part of the, you know, it's not a norm. I feel like with as many carries as he had, you know that's kind of a subjective thing where that can uh, he can get a lot more this year, and the fact that they're not married to him to be the bell cow, uh, they're gonna run him till his wheels fall off because they're not gonna sign him. He's gonna be going somewhere else after this year, and they're gonna try to move on, and th- that's how I feel about the situation. So why not take that guy and use it to your advantage this season, and and uh, he can be a big producer for you. And uh, I guess what I'm saying is don't believe the hype of him being kind of a a bust this year and not productive. I mean, Jacksonville will be bad, and so I think they'll have to play catch-up. But, uh, I, you know, Leonard Fournette, uh, you know, you just base him off the stats last year. He's, he's going to get the carries to be productive, and I think his touchdown totals go up. Verdict, what do you think? I think, uh, yeah, I, I think he had some good points about Leonard Fournette. You know, I think it... You know, again, that touchdown ratio was extremely low last year, not what you'd anticipate given the volume. Um, you know, you, you anticipate an improvement in the year. I do agree. It's probably his last year in Jacksonville. Um, you know, I, I don't have him in my next group, but um, uh, he's close behind here. Um, so if I were to hit um, at my number 19, I have Todd Gurley. Um, you know, again, it's one of those things and it comes down to health. Um, but I think that um, he's in a good situation there in Atlanta. Uh, I think someone, you know, he, even last year, you know, it wasn't the same, um, but he still put up a decent amount of points for the year. It's just the expectation last year that he was drafted early, you know, as thinking he was going to be the Todd Gurley of two years ago. And that's just not, that's just not who he was. And so. Do you feel like he's paying here, for that kind of though, that now he's being kind of undervalued because he sure. was overvalued last year? Yeah, and I, I think it's better to where he's at right now that you you, you target him around that you know nineteen range, um, you know, and then you get him, and then he exceeds expectations. It's it's going to be a fantasy steal. I wouldn't be at the point where I would abdicate to jump him up to number twelve because, as you said, he's being undervalued. Um, but I'm not ready to make the jump all the way to twelve. 
Um, but I think 19 is here and, you know, someone that you can get in that, again, the third round, like you mentioned, and that you can easily um, see them have a, a, a much higher value um, and from a round comparison standpoint in production. So um, I, I do agree with you. He is kind of paying for that and, and being undervalued here. Um, you know, I have Mostert as 20. Um, again, you know, it's, it's that Shanahan system. You know, you don't know if it's going to be Coleman or McKinnon, if he can be healthy. Obviously, the last two years he hasn't been able to. Um, but a guy, he just produces. You know, he's pretty solid. You know, you're probably going to get 60 yards, 75 yards from a game, maybe, you know, and throw a sprinkle and touchdown. Just a lot of it's just going to depend on volume. But, you know, he's a, he's a solid back that, you know, as that season went on, obviously Coleman had some injuries. Um, late, but uh, Mostert was the guy and uh, guy that they leaned on in that running game, and so I'd anticipate that to be the same coming up the, this upcoming season. Um, you know, my next one here is at Mark Ingram. Uh, Mark Ingram, I think, is still going to produce as a running back. We talked extensively about the heavy run focus in Baltimore. Um, you know, if it wasn't for J.K. Dobbins, I think that Mark Ingram would be much higher in this uh, I agree in with rankings. You. But with J.K. Dobbins, um, I, it's affected Ingram's. It's going to affect his production and it affects his ranking. So that's where I have him down to the twenty-one. Is it's tied to J.K. Dobbins. Well, and you're kind of on point with what I have uh, at at number nineteen. I have David Johnson from the Texans. We kind of discussed that. And something that people need to consider when they're drafting David Johnson is Bill O'Brien is very stubborn when it comes to his running backs. Like you know. For years, I think it was three years in a row, I was always trying to get Lamar Miller's backup, thinking that you know he was going to get an opportunity. And he actually should have because I thought he was more talented. But Bill Bryan kept sticking with Lamar Miller to get you know the you know two yards in the cloud of dust. And especially now that he made that big trade for DeAndre Hopkins, he's not going to deviate from that. So he's going to give David Johnson every opportunity he can, obviously barring injury, to uh, be that productive back especially with the money that they're uh, paying him. Uh, so I, I can't bring David Johnson any lower than number 19, and I think you, you know he's a guy that you really need to invest in because all the signs, you know, based off a of contract, trade value, you know, what they traded for him to get him, they're, they're going to use him. And, and like I said, Bill Bryan's so stubborn that he's not going to deviate even if David Johnson starts out, uh, out the gate slow. Number 20, I have Mark Ingram. For the Ravens, I mean, the Ravens just run the ball. They do it well. They do it effectively. Mark Ingram's the you know guy. Uh, he has been for the last couple of years, and I see you know similar production this year. Uh, I do like J.K. Dobbins, um, so I think there's room for both of them. But uh, again, it's kind of like the uh, Ingram Alvin Kamara situation where you can start either one of them and, and have decent production. So um, I I definitely feel like Mark Ingram's being ranked a little bit lower than he should be and you need to jump on him especially if you can get him at that you know running back 20 range and then uh finally david montgomery for the bears uh i'm gonna be honest i was kind of fooled by him last year he looked good in the preseason charles nagy i'm like man they're gonna use david montgomery he's gonna be great and then he disappointed me um I would actually have him ranked higher based off of volume, but he had volume last year and he wasn't able to produce. I just feel like Nagy tr- tried to out-trick himself. Like he tried to get too creative and and just do things like, 
oh man, I'm going to throw Chris Davis in there and or Mark Davis or whatever and throw, you know, throw everybody off. And it's like, man, use your talent that you have around you. And, you know, Mitchell Trubisky, me and Burke will bang on the tables about how bad he was last year. And I feel like he's going to be bad this year, but uh, I feel like they were trying to make him the quarterback that he wasn't and tried to uh, design their game plan for him to carry the team. And he just wasn't that guy. So that really took away from uh, David Montgomery and, and the production he could have had because I really feel like he's a talented back. So if you can get him at 21, I mean, really you're looking at you know the, the third round. Uh, he's a guy you need to invest in because of that volume, and and I'm hoping that uh, Nagy kind of learned his lesson and is going to focus more on the run. Um, yeah, you know, Montgomery, a player I was really high on last year as well, and, um, you know, you really thought we were going to see some production, and I don't know what was going on because I just didn't see the usage that you would anticipate. Would, to me, it really seemed to be focused on proving that Trubisky could be the guy, and I think what it inherently did is prove that Trubisky is not the guy. <laughs> and, you know, and so I don't think I, I would not be shocked to see Nick Foles under center um, by the end of this year for Chicago. Um, you know, but uh, you know, you hope that, like you said, Nagy, you know realizes that you know you focus on Montgomery especially if you have a quarterback that struggles to throw the ball you're focusing on the run game and it just didn't go that way um but you know Montgomery very talented back and I think that could be productive it just all depends on the usage um so I would love to see him higher but just don't have the faith in they're going to use him in the system that they're going to the other piece of it is that you know now he sustained that groin injury um recently in camp and you know projected a couple weeks of injury not something could linger so um, you know, Montgomery's one will really have to monitor the health as we get closer to the season, get closer to your draft, that, you know, what we're hearing from that injury recovery could have a big impact on where he's picked. I, um, I, wait, wait, to interrupt really quick, no, I feel like we're in the same spot we were in last year, though, like as a rookie, like, oh, draft him, he can be great value. And then this year, it's almost like his rookie season didn't exist because we're still like, well, he could be great value, we should draft him. And uh, right. it's really just about Nagy and really it's tied to Trubisky. Like he's married to Trubisky because that might be his job. And so it's like, right. is he going to do the smart thing and run David Montgomery like he needs to, to be, you know, make the bears offense productive, or is he going to ride on Trubisky and fail with them and, you know, burn, you know, the bears offense. Well, a good running game would definitely help a struggling quarterback. Um, any young mm-hmm. quarterback at that one hit and play a whole lot of games, you know, could play a whole lot in college. Um, but, you know, like you said, it's all going to be dependent. If it's like last year, Montgomery is going to be someone's going to disappoint. And I just don't mean that like last year. I just mean straight the usage and the focus on trying to get Trubisky. Um, you know, same time, if, if the Bears fail, um, you know, Nagy may not have a job, and Trubisky will, won't be, you know, the quarterback in Chicago the year after, but it's be a different coach than any quarterback. So hopefully they either get him on track or they move on to Foles, who at least, you know, can provide some, you know, consistent performance if Foles is the quarterback then I'm all over Montgomery because that at that point means that they're going to do what they need to win and not uh you know try to uh have their loyalties towards Trubisky sure so, so I have Montgomery at 23 I'll, I'll go to my 22nd um you know right now and that that's Leonard Fournette you know we've already talked a little bit about Fournette you know talk where you have the range of that Fournette 22nd Montgomery 23 Number 24 here, I have Devin Singletary. Um, you know, as a back that was productive as a rookie, kind of had that, uh, you know, if you will, the, 
I guess now it's kind of turned into the Frank Gore curse that, you know, the guy has been in the league for 60 years and uh, he gets in your roster and he's going to still perform well. The guy, Frank Gore just produces, you know, what a good running back, a long career. And he's going to, he should have timed the Buffalo where, you know, he get 100 yard touchdown, take a lot of volume. Um, now, so Singletary, I think, you know, had a, a good rookie year. I think he, you know, was a solid contributor from a fantasy standpoint. I know um, Moss is there as well, and some there's concern that maybe Moss will be, you know, the the back or take a lion's share. Of the He's look good in camp right now too. He does, yep. Um, but you know, right now here is where I, I still feel that Single Perry is a, a safe pick here at 24. Something we'll have to continue to monitor about, you know, Moss's usage in camp and any more reports coming out of camp. But right now, what we have, I think Single Perry is still a safe pick. You know, this is an interesting time. In, in fantasy football that the preseason is so important to be able to watch and evaluate you know with COVID that's not here and so it's going to be interesting to see you know what we hear out of camp what actually comes to fruition um, because it's much harder you, you, know, you don't have the game tape to evaluate mm-hmm. it's, yeah it's true and I'll be honest uh, your, your rankings aren't too far off from mine um 22, I have James Conner for the Steelers, and I wanted to rank him higher because I think he can be a top-five running back, and it, you know he made the Pro Bowl two years ago. I'm just not confident in his ability to stay healthy, and so if he was able to stay healthy, I think you know he's a boomer bust pick. You'll draft him and say, man, I got a steal, or you'll draft him and he'll get injured, and you'll be like, man, I wasted my pick. So um, I really wanted to rank him higher because – Again, if he's able to stay healthy, he's going to be the bell cow. And, and Mike Tomlin, you know, he'll he'll tell you that he'll use the guys in different roles. But if he has a true bell cow, he's going to use them. He's he's going to run that guy till the wheels fall off, as Tomlin likes to say. And uh, that's just the, what the Steelers do. So I mean, I'm not intrigued by the other Steelers running backs if Connor can stay healthy. Um, but the fact is, he hasn't proven that he can do that. So. Um, he he's rated a little bit lower for me at 22, and again, if you can get him there, you need to jump on it because he can be uh, you know a top five running back. Um, at number 23, I have Chris Carson for the Seahawks, and Chris Carson actually reminds me a lot of James Conner and the fact that if he can stay healthy, he's a he's a top back because the Seahawks run an offense that's really run heavy, and I, you know I mentioned the podcast with Russell Wilson. That uh, I think he's, you know, going to finally have the uh, the reins unleashed on him, and they're just going to let him be Russell Wilson and, and throw all over the field. And I believe that because I I feel like uh, Chris Carson isn't as healthy as he was going into last season, and so that's going to uh, hurt Chris Carson a little bit. Uh, if he can stay healthy the whole year, great. But I think we're going to see a transformation of the Seattle offense a little bit, and they're going to put it into Russell Wilson's hands a little bit more. So I, I adjusted my rankings according to that. But overall, I like Chris Carson. He's the number one back um, when he's playing. And uh, outside of some fumbling issues, I think he's he, he's solid. And if you can get him as like a number two running back, that's a that's a good spot for him to be in. And then at number four, I'm probably the only one that, well, not the only one. Uh, I don't think I'm too far off in regards to where he's ranked at, but I have DeAndre Swift. And the reason for that is because 
I believe that, you know, on Johnson's been hurt. I don't believe after last year that they feel like he's the number one back anyways. And you don't draft one of the top running backs in the draft to do a timeshare. I feel like he's going to get the bulk of the carries. The Lions have always been one of the, like, between 29 and 32 in regards to rushing rank in the league every year since Barry Sanders, which has been, like, two decades. Um, Loved me some Barry Sanders, but uh, the Lions rushing offense hasn't been the same since. And I feel like they're really going to focus on that aspect of their offense, and they're going to be giving the ball to DeAndre Swift, and he's going to be the guy. So at that point, you know, you get him at the number 24 range. That's really like your second to flex running back. That's a good investment to take because it's a, a, it's a boom pick for you. It's one of those sleeper picks where you can get a guy that could be a number one back that you get in – you know, the sixth, seventh round of the draft, and you're going to be really happy with it. And uh, I'm going to keep going on to 27. I have Devin Singletary at number 25 for the Bills. I love Devin Singletary. Last year I really liked him. Frank Gore kept getting in the way, though. Um, Singletary is a guy that could take a five-yard carry or a five-yard catch and take it to the house. I really felt like they could have utilized him more in Buffalo. And even now, I feel like they're trying to keep him in the same role. If I felt like now that Gore's gone, that they were going to use him as the number one back and get the bulk of the carries, he'd be so much higher because uh, just how much I, th- I think of him as a running back. But uh, I think with Moss there, they're still trying to keep that uh, role that they had last year. And I'm not going to bank on that to draft him any higher than where I have him at 25. But I like the talent. I like the running back. I think he's really good. and um, You know, he makes plays. He's, a, he's an explosive component of the Bills who usually kind of runs a pretty boring offense. At 26, I have Keyshawn Vaughn. And I know I have him higher than a lot of people. But, uh, you know, watching Bruce Arians with the Steelers all those years, I know that he's stubborn and he likes his guys and he's really loyal to his guys. And he didn't really have a running back on his roster that he had for uh you know for the Buccaneers that he he developed or he drafted Keyshawn Vaughn is the first one and so I feel like he's going to have that loyalty towards him and give him every opportunity to succeed so especially if you're running like a dynasty or a keeper league Keyshawn Vaughn is the running back to own and he's talented and he can do all three phases of the game he can pass block he can run can catch the ball so I really feel like he's a guy that uh, is being undervalued right now in in drafts and then at 27 I'm kind of going with the rookie running back theme here you know talking about Swift and then uh, Vaughn but I have Jonathan Taylor and a lot of people have Jonathan Taylor going as early as like the second round now like there's this big hype train on him you know he looks good look at you know at practice he looks good and I'm one of the proponents against Jonathan Taylor, and I hate to say this because I don't like to say guys, you know, I don't believe in a guy, but I don't believe in Jonathan Taylor just because I don't like his pass blocking and I don't like his ball security, and I think in the NFL, most teams, those two things are pretty vital to being on the field, and if you can't do those, it's hard to see the field, and I like Jonathan Taylor's rushing ability, but I really need to see more of those other attributes for me to rank him any higher for 
my faith that he'll be getting, uh, you know, getting to see the field a lot more. Yeah, I um, kind of in the rookie running back uh, range here as well. Um, you know, when we start getting later into the you know, ranks of running back or later in the draft, I like to look for you know, um, running backs that you know might be their rookies. You know, they're maybe like in the bond situation or Jonathan Taylor, where maybe they're not going to be the primary guy at the start of the season, but we anticipate they're going to have some sort of a, a workload share. And then also, you know, unfortunately, I just. All right, now that the running backs are out of the way, I want to get into some keeper dynasty rankings with the rookies. And most of them have already been done. People get really excited after the draft and, you know, jump within a couple days after the draft into their dynasty uh, draft to, to get these rookies. And my advice is to wait. Um, I know it's it's not as thrilling. You want to do it as soon as possible because you're excited about you know what teams, what, what players teams uh, got in, in certain situations. It's it's pretty intriguing, but you know camp plays a big part of what that role is going to be, what they look like. It actually helps you if you wait too that, to uh, avoid any type of bust that you might get. You know, right now there's there's a lot of running backs that are. You know, if you waited right after the draft and drafted, they wouldn't be on your radar. And now they're really on your radar. And I'm actually really excited about my dynasty rankings because I did these actually right after the draft. And I obviously was nervous about putting my neck out for some of these guys. And and going through camp, it actually made me feel a lot better about them and kind of solidified my, my ranking. So I was really excited about that. It made me feel like I, you know, trusted my process and it was right. And I didn't have to, I, I made like two changes, I think, in, in, in general. So I'll get right to the rankings and you can decide on uh, what you think about them. Number one, I have Clyde Edwards Hilaire. And again, I had him right off the bat as number one. Kansas City got him in the first round. Patrick Mahomes wanted him to be on the team, and that whole situation just screams that he's going to get a workload. And, you know, lo and behold, afterwards, Damian Williams opts out for the season due to the the, the COVID things going on, and it just kind of opened up the whole backfield for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire to be the, the main guy. And with Andy Reid's offense, it's really intriguing because Hilaire reminds me of that Brian Westbrook-type running back. And, you know, we, we talked about that earlier in the earlier segment with you know talking about running backs and uh he's definitely a number one pick in in dynasty he's a number one pick in uh you know standard uh fantasy football drafts so number two i have deandre swift and you might think i'm nuts but the reason why i'm really high on deandre swift is he's a good running back and detroit has been horrible at running the ball for 20 years and you know History says that that's not going to change, but you get a talented back like that, and with on Johnson being hurt and not being productive as much as you wanted him to be when he was the guy, I think that backfield's wide open for DeAndre Swift. I don't think it's much of a competition, and I'll be honest, I thought on Johnson would be more in the mix uh, 
uh, at least early on. And now I'm starting to think he won't be. I'm starting to think that DeAndre Swift's going to be the guy. And Lions might have a, a great, uh, uh, well, I shouldn't say great because that's really <laughs> sticking my neck out there. But they'll have a better uh, rushing offense and they'll stick more to the, the you know, the running game than uh, they did previously with, you know, having that uh, back like Swift uh, in, in the backfield. So number three. Again, it's a guy that you're not going to expect, but I have Keyshawn Vaughn and the for the Buccaneers. And Bruce Arians, this is the first guy at Tampa Bay that's been his guy that he drafted, that he wanted. And I'm on board with Keyshawn Vaughn. I, I, I like him, and he does everything well. He blocks, he catches, he can run. He's, he's really versatile. And I know they signed LaShawn McCoy and... You know, everyone's really high on Ronald Jones this year, and I'm not. I'm, I I think it's Keyshawn Vaughn is going to be the guy that's going to get the bulk of the carries and, and be Aaron's guy. And Aaron's re- is really loyal to his guys, so I, I expect that to continue. And uh, he's going to give him every opportunity to uh, succeed. Number four, I have Jerry Judy and for the Broncos, and that doesn't really need an explanation. His route running has been amazing. He's in a situation where they're – offense is I feel is going to be more explosive and you have Cortland Sutton on the other side I think that's going to bode really well for Jerry Judy and you definitely want he definitely is a top five guy that you need on your team and then number five Jalen Rager I had him when uh beginning of the year too at at the spot and he actually might be even a little bit higher if I was really thinking about it but you know I like the running backs too much, and Jerry Judy is my favorite rookie receiver um, with this situation, and Jalen Rager second. I mean, he's going to be starting. They're putting him all over the field right now. I feel like he's going to have a breakout, and I have three receivers that I think are going to be the top breakout guys this year as rookies, and they're all my top three rookie receivers to be drafted. And so uh, the, the other one's coming up. Number six, I have J.K. Dobbins, running back for the Ravens. Before the draft, he would have been my number one. I like J.K. Dobbins. I thought he was the best running back in the draft. And lo and behold, he goes to the Ravens, who have Mark Ingram. Lamar Jackson runs the ball all the time. Gus Edwards averages like five yards a carry. They just drafted Justice Hill last year, who's supposed to be part of the mix. And... I'm still high on J.K. Dobbins because of his talent. I think those runs that Lamar Jackson was getting, they're going to give more to running backs just to keep Lamar Jackson healthy. So I think there's definitely a niche for him this year. And then in the future, you know, Mark Ingram's going to be a free agent. So that really opens up for J.K. Dobbins. So if I was counting this year, uh, which I am, is that's why I have him as the number six ranking. If I was counting the future, I'd actually have him higher because I just like his talent, and he's in the offense that likes to run the ball. So, you know, those those two things put together, it, it there's a lot to be excited about for J.K. Dobbins. And number seven, this guy I'm really excited about with uh, the camp reports that he's starting on the outside, and he's going to be a big part of the mix for the Raiders. I have Brian Edwards, and he was my favorite receiver drafted in the you know third fourth round area just because once I saw that he went to the Raiders 
I didn't think Tyrell Williams was going to hold that spot at all this year. And when you have, you know, they drafted Ruggs, I still felt like Edwards was going to be a more consistent receiver. And I just like his route running, uh, like his ability to catch the ball. Ruggs will be a bigger playmaker, but I th- also think that means he's going to be more hot and cold. So Brian Edwards is the guy I've been really excited about, and it hasn't changed now with all the camp reports about how well he's doing and how he's starting. So he he needs to be up there. And then at number eight, I have Cam Akers for the Rams. And I'm, I don't know what to think about Cam Akers. It's, it's like a... You know, almost like a high school girlfriend. You you're, you're, you have the, the high school girlfriend, and you know you want to hang out with your friends, and they want your time and energy. And Cam Akers to me is 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 kind of like that. Where um, do do I spend it with Cam Akers, or do you know the, the Rams have Malcolm Brown? Like, which way are they really going to go? And it helps a little bit. I think it clears the the backfield with Daryl Henderson being hurt. I think that's uh, going to slow his progress uh, for for carries, especially early on in the season. And if Cam Akers is able to take that over and just dominate, then uh, it's going to be t- tough to to take that away from him. And he has the capabilities. I mean, he was at Florida State, and I haven't seen run blocking so bad at Florida State or actually anywhere than uh, f- for Cam Akers. So I, I really feel like Cam Akers could have – done a lot more had he had some help you know on the front lines blocking for him and and giving him those opportunities so it'd be nice to see him with the Rams and I know they are trying to work on their offensive line so maybe that's why they drafted him is because they're like wow this guy's decent and he doesn't have uh, any help right now and uh, he might be in that situation here with the Rams with our line so let's uh, we know what he can do and uh, I'd I mean, Malcolm Brown isn't a long-term threat at all, so you really got to like Cam Akers' long-term viability with with that offense. And then at number nine, I have C.D. Lamb for the Cowboys. And I'm going to be frank with C.D. Lamb, even though his name's C.D. and not Frank. I am not big on C.D. Lamb his rookie year. I just think that, uh, you know, for his talent, he's, you know, they have Gallup and Amari Cooper. I, I don't think he's going to have a big year this year, but I think in the future, you know, he's he's still a great receiver. He's, you know, top three receiver in the draft, depending on if, you know, between uh, Judy and uh, uh, I actually liked Rager a little bit better than CeeDee Lamb, but uh, CeeDee Lamb's in an offense that's going to, you know, that passes the ball a lot, and they have really good receivers, so that should open things up for him. But, again, I don't think he's going to have a great rookie year, but I think year two, three, four down the line is really good, and he's worth that draft pick. Number 10 is Jonathan Taylor, and in most dynasty drafts, he's going way, way higher than where I have him. And if you've been listening to the podcast, me and Burke have talked about it. Burke likes him a lot more than me. I, I don't like him. I just – I'm sure he's a great guy. I'm, I'm sure, you know, he's – fun guy to hang out with but as a running back he can't pass block he can't uh, catch the ball he fumbles and I mean those are three strikes on him that you know to be an NFL running back are are pretty important and uh, you really want that versatility so 
I have him at number 10 just because Marlon Mack's a free agent at the end of this year, and that might be the, the shift to Jonathan Taylor being full-time. So in the future, I really like his opportunities, but uh, he's got to take advantage of it, and I'm just not sure that he can. Uh, I, I'm not expecting much from his rookie year. I'm actually one of the, the guys that are not in the Jonathan Taylor camp for this season. So, number 11, I have Henry Ruggs for the Raiders, and I, you know, explained it with Brian Edwards. I just think that Henry Ruggs is going to, Henry Henry Ruggs III, sorry, I think he's going to just be a big play guy for the Raiders. So, I have his hot and cold games, kind of like Marquise Brown, or Hollywood Brown last year, where it's like, man, he got, you know, 20 points, that was awesome, and then, you know, two five, three, you know, and then, oh, look, he's got you know 14 points. This is awesome. So it's, it's, it's going to be having that type of season. And you got to like his speed. And uh, he, I'm still worried about his hands. And he's a prototypical Raiders receiver in that regard. So we'll see how that pans out, but I have him at number 11. And then I have T. Higgins, which I've already kind of talked about, at number 12 for, uh, for the Bengals. And with A.J. Green, you know, is he going to come back? He's out of practice with an injury, and that's the thing with A.J. Green is, you know, you're expecting big things from him now that he's back from injury, and then he's sidelined and on the shelf from practice because he's injured. T. Higgins is a great receiver. I just like his ability, especially under, you know, the 15-yard range. He, He can make those catches, those tough catches, uh, right off the line of scrimmage, over the middle, and has really good sideline control too. So, you know, Tyler Boyd is still there. A.J. Green is there. Joe Burrow's a rookie. I actually, if Joe Burrow wasn't a rookie quarterback this year, I would have T. Higgins higher. But since he is, that's where I have T. Higgins right now at the at the 12 spot. I have Denzel Mims from the Jets at 13, and this is a little bit high because he's hurt, and he hasn't really shown what he can do. But the Jets' offense is such a disaster. Actually, the whole Jets' team is such a disaster. We uh, already talked about our gloats of Jamal Adams and then of Le'Veon Bell, uh, me and Burke. But I just there's not too many options at receiver. I mean, they just signed Chris Hogan and he's starting like he, at practice right now. Chris Hogan is starting, and I don't even have Chris Hogan rated as a, a wide receiver in my rankings for fantasy football. So, you know, I I just think the it's right for Denzel Mims once he gets off his injury to go right in there and be a productive person for the Jets. And I shouldn't say productive, but he'll get those opportunities and those targets because they're not going to have a lot of other options. I mean, Crowder's a great slot receiver, and so, yeah, he he's there, but... You know, they, they'd like to throw their, their running backs, but Frank Gore is there. And I just think that, uh, you know, Frank Gore, as much as he's been in the league, he, he's, he's not going to see the, the ball a lot through the air. And Mims is just, I think, primed to be the cornerstone of that offense that they're going to try to develop. And it's going to be bad, but uh, I think it'll, I mean, it has to start getting better. And Denzel Mims is going to kind of lead the charge in, in, in that regard there. 
Um, and Bashar Perriman's actually hurt too right now. So uh, I don't think Bashar Perriman's the uh, long-term answer. Number 14, I have Justin Jefferson for the Vikings. And he scares me a little bit because he's a slot receiver. He makes all his plays in the slot. He can't get out off the jam very well. And if they jam him on the outside, because on the outside is where he's going to have to make his plays unless they specifically design the slot uh, receiver in the Vikings offense, uh, I'm, I'm kind of worried about that. So I would have him a lot higher if he was on a, on a different team. But he's on the Vikings, and I just don't see the fit with the Vikings. And it, I'm kind of concerned about how that's going to look. I think if he went to another team, like say he flames out with the Vikings, he can go to another team and, and be one of you know, the reclama- uh, reclamation projects for uh, another team and probably do well. But I just think it's going to be tough going for the Vikings and what they're going to ask him to do there. Uh, Joe Burrow, QB for the Bengals. I have him at 15, which is probably pretty low. I just not big on uh, the quarterbacks this year. I do like Joe Burrow. I think he has the talent. I think he has the leadership. I just, he just plays for the Bengals, right? And I'm hoping the Bengals figure it out. Andy Dalton wasn't a bad quarterback, but he wasn't a difference maker. And Joe Burrow can be, but he's going to take some time to develop. And uh, at least he has some talent around him that can help him. Uh, but it's just the Bengals, right? And so it's tough to to bank on an organization that uh, is mediocre more often than they're uh, than they're good. Number sixteen, I have Antonio Gibson for the Redskins, and I am all about some Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson is, uh, you know, and I had him ranked here before Darius Geis was cut. I'm keeping him there even after Darius Geis was cut. Rightfully so. Um, it's like what Antonio Gibson has to offer. Uh, he was a touchdown machine at Memphis. He, the backfield's a little less crowded. Bryce Love is there, Adrian Peterson. And for a dynasty person, you know, I, I think he he's a good bet. He can play receiver. He can play running back. They actually didn't know what he was going to be when he was drafted. It was like, is he going to play running back or receiver? And the Redskins wanted him at running back. And I, I think Rivera wanted that McCaffrey-type player. And, and again, I'm not comparing to McCaffrey because that's unrealistic, but uh, he has that same skill set where he's a kind of a, a looser runner and a, a very good receiver out of the backfield. So after that, I have Zach Moss from the Bills. I like Zach Moss. I think he's going to fill in that Frank Gore role really well and actually probably better. Not to rip on Frank Gore, just, you know, he's lost a step or two. And um, I, I think Zach Moss has a lot of opportunity to uh, to catch some passes and be the goal line person. And that's the bulk of what the, you know, the that's what's going to get you all the fantasy points in fantasy are those two things. So I think that's going to hurt Devin Singletary as much as I like Singletary too. So I'm actually really high on Zach Moss this year, probably higher than most. I, I would actually take a big chance on Zach Moss to be the guy in, on the bills and, and be a productive running back at 18. I have a Darrington Evans for the Titans. I say that because I just, I like Derrick Henry a lot. He's a 
bruiser. He just signed that big contract. But uh, I, I like what Dev, uh, Darrington Evans has to bring, and I think the Titans are actually a pretty good spot for him. He kind of provides that change of pace from a, a Derrick Henry, and uh, he's a he's a hard runner. Like every single time he runs the ball, it's he's running the ball hard, and uh, there's not a you know there's never a time where you see him run the ball and you're like, man, that was he kind of half-assed that there, or, uh, you know, he's. He's going, and he's hard to bring down, and he fights for everything. So I just like that talent, and I don't think he, that sits on the bench very long. And, and not to say that he's going to take over Derrick Henry's spot, but I think with as much as the Titans run the ball, there's room for Darrington Evans to be productive, and even down the road. So at 19, I have Brandon Ayuk for the 49ers. And I like Brandon Ayuk a lot as a football player. He fits with the 49ers in regards to their use of running the wide receiver on a lot of jet sweeps and end rounds and, uh, you know, those the wide receiver screen passes. And he's that guy that fits that bill. And with, you know, Jalen Hurd's hurt this year and Debo Samuels a little banged up, I think that kind of really opens the door to Ayuk to have you know, to, to be there early, and once he's there early, I don't think he loses that uh, those opportunities because I think he's going to be pretty impressive. Number 20, I have Michael Pittman Jr. for the Colts, and I loved his dad, you know, played multiple places, but especially when he played for the Cardinals, I was all about Michael Pittman. His son is gigantic, so he's a tall receiver on the outside. Phillip Rivers, I think, can do a lot with him. I, I think you know, Phil Rivers is done as a quarterback, but he definitely has the weapons around him, and it'll take some of the pressure off of Pittman to be the guy, especially right now when you have T.Y. Hilton and you also have Paris Campbell. So I am really high on Michael Pittman this year. 21, I have A.J. Dillon running back for the Packers, and this was pre, you know, uh, Instagram pictures of his thighs and legs and how everyone was gawking over uh, how impressive those were. And I'm, I'll admit, they were impressive, but uh, they're, still a, they're still a deep backfield. Jamal Williams is still there. Aaron Jones is still the guy. I think A.J. Dillon has value because he's going to take those goal line situations away from Aaron Jones a little bit, which hurts Aaron Jones' value, but I think really helps A.J. Dillon's value. And, you know, the Packers drafted him for a reason. They want to they wanna use him. So I think they use him early, and he's going to take that role. And, and that role's expensive in fantasy football. I mean, you get a touchdown, that's six points. So definitely value there. 22, I have Tua Tagovailoa from, uh, from Alabama going, you know, went to Miami. And I put him on there because I – I like. I was kind of lukewarm on him with Miami. I'm still kind of lukewarm on him, but I do like his his processing skills at the quarterback position. I just for whatever reason, feel like he might end up being a bust for Miami, and that scares me. And I I wouldn't want to invest high on him. I do know though he's going to get the opportunity from Fitzpatrick. And it's probably going to be early, so he's he definitely makes the list. As you know, you don't draft a quarterback 
you know, where the the Dolphins drafted him top five and not uh, not groom him to, to start pretty quickly. It, which, by the way, I love Fitzpatrick, and, and it's going to be a shame because it's like the guy's always in that situation where he's overtaken by a rookie, but uh, he, he, uh, Fitzpatrick can, can really sling that ball around. Anyway, 23, this is kind of a surprise, but I have Von Jefferson for the Rams or Van Jefferson for the Rams. I mentioned this earlier, and I'll kind of double down on it and, and talk about it a little bit more, but I like Van Jefferson even this year I, for a number of reasons, you know. Uh, the Rams are going to more of a two-tight end set, but they still run the three-wide receiver set, and Cooper Cup is the slot guy. He will always be the slot guy. He He's Jared Goff's security blanket, and he's an amazing receiver. But I just feel that there's room on the outside for, for Van Jefferson. And I'm not really that big on Josh Reynolds. And I hate to say it because Josh Reynolds has been productive, especially when Brandon Cooks was injured. But he's a slot guy too, and I think he does all his damage in the slot. And that's tough when Cooper Cup is there, right? And I, I don't feel like he was as productive on the outside. I don't think he was productive at all on the outside. And so I feel like that really paves the way for Van Jefferson to take that over and be a factor for, for this offense. The Vishka Chenault, wide receiver for Jaguars, is at number four. And I put him on there because the Jaguars are going to be horrible. So there's going to be a lot of garbage time. They're going to want their young players to develop and learn quick. And so he, he does it all, too. He, he He's a great runner. He's a hard runner for a receiver. He actually runs the ball like a running back. So he's tough to bring down. And I I think that brings value for Jaguars, you know, on the kind of like an Ayuk type deal where he can do end arounds, he can do wide receiver screens, Wildcat if he wanted to. So he's versatile. There's a lot of things he can do. And the Jaguars are going to be playing from behind. So they're going to be, you know, flinging it at the end of the games. And, He's a he's a guy that's there, and I'm I'm not even drafting him in standard leagues right now. But uh, future, he's you know you have him and DJ Chark. I think there's something to build around there, and that's really it. Uh, I threw in a, a 25 just because I really wanted to throw him in here. Justin Herbert for the Chargers QB. I you know. I watch Hard Knocks. Everyone watches Hard Knocks. He looks great in Hard Knocks. I mean, of course he does, right? They're not going to show him looking bad. But uh, I just feel like he has a demeanor to be a a good quarterback. And I I think, you know, he has the talent. I I got to watch him in college a little bit, live, and he was impressive. And he can make all those throws. And He's going to be taking that position over from Tyrod Taylor, unfortunately, because I like Tyrod, but, you know, he's, he's kind of like Fitzpatrick. He goes everywhere, and uh, a rookie so, uh, soon after replaces him in the middle of the season. And I think that's going to be the case here. So I definitely think Justin Herbert needs to be on your radar for a quarterback uh, in a dynasty draft. The Burke and Miz Rookie Dynasty Rankings. Because after all, dynasty is a girl's best friend.
And that will do it with today's Fantasy Football Podcast. This is Burke and Ms. The Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Show. We appreciate you listening. We do the work so you don't have to. See you next time.